I'm going to introduce the person who's going to introduce our guest speaker. Can I do it that way? All the way from Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, he's been with us before. Ben has preached with us before. But his wife has not preached with us before. She's going to drop it like it's hot today. Acts chapter 2. Now this is, this is the beginning of the church. He says, and it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and what? Who? Will what? Prophesy. Your sons and your daughters. If we're going to, I'm convinced, the Lord spoke to us a year, over a year ago. I'm convinced that if we're going to reach the other half of the population, we're going to have the other half of the population declaring and speaking words of encouragement and prophesying. So I'm going to turn it over to Ben. I'm going to let Ben introduce his lovely wife, and then we're going to stand and welcome her in just a minute. Good morning, good morning. Well, it's good to be back with you all. Um, since your daughter, your daughter, right? The Lord said that uh, millions will hear your voice with your music, and they'll worship him with you. They're going to use your words, your music to worship him. You're a small town girl, but you have a big town anointing. <laughs> you know, sometimes I see things a little funny, and I was watching the um, Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they had this commercial on, and it says, kick like a girl, fight like a girl, run like a girl, throw a ball like a girl. And the Lord quickly, I thought that was so weird because we're watching football and then here's this commercial about girls. And the Lord said, this is a sign to the world of what I'm doing for women. This is a sign for all the men to see what I think of women, how great they are. They kick like a girl because they are a girl because I created them to be a girl. They minister like a girl because I've created them to be a girl. It, they, women are fantastic. You, you see now, they're letting women drive in Saudi Arabia. Never before, but what men's hearts are changing because the Lord is changing people. The Lord is making opportunity for women. The Lord is doing these things. What is it? The first admiral in the Navy now is a leader in Japan. What's going on is the Lord is making the opportunity for his women. He's redeeming all of the jobs, all of the things, all of the things that were said. He's saying, nope, nope, nope. He's bringing you to the forefront today. He's making a way for your voice to be heard, for people to see you. There's more to my wife than cleaning the house. There's more to my wife than being a wife to me. There's more to my wife than being a mother. There's more to my wife. And I've said, I want to see that. I want to see the more. I want to share the more with her. I don't want to wait till she's 70 years old and she says, man, I wish I could have done a little bit more for the Lord. I don't want, that would break my heart. I want to say, what do you want to do today, honey? What do you want to do tomorrow, honey? Where do you want to go next month, honey? What is your dream that I can help you with to see you shine? as a daughter of the Lord. Men, we've got to start asking our wives, what do you want to do? You know, the Great Commission, when I read it, it, says, it doesn't say any don'ts in there. It says, do you want to go to all the, all the world? Do you want to preach? Do you want to heal? Do you want to pray? Do you want to prophesy? What do you want to do? We need to start asking our wives, women, what do you want to do? So a great pleasure. Happy, happy, happy to introduce my wife, Liz Jones. Wow, 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 wow. That's quite an introduction. Yes. quite an introduction. Um, it's so good to be here today. Thank you guys for having me. Um, man, that worship, woo! 
whoever was worshiping over here, you're my people. Like, like I get so cried during worship. Like, in my church, sometimes I just run. That's, I know that's a Rhema thing. One time I visited Rhema, and they would run during worship, and I was like, I found my place. This is my place. Um, you know, I've, I've been wanting to come, actually, for a while just to say thank you to you guys. Um, you know, we have the Orphanage, Orphanage Day Esperance. I'm going to show you in a minute. But um, you guys have given supplies. You guys remember when the, the hurricane happened and you gathered up that supplies for the orphanage? Um, the money that you've given um, has absolutely changed changed what we can do and help us feed them. And I, I honestly cannot thank you enough. I, I can't tell you what it does. I can't tell you what it means that you guys join with us and, and do that. So I wanted to actually, if it's all right, show you guys a video of the kids because it's important for me that you see their faces, um, see the faces that you've touched, see the faces that you've fed, that you've clothed, that you, when, when disaster struck, you guys jumped in immediately. I didn't even ask. I didn't even call and ask. And April called me. He's like, I have people that are gathering stuff. Um, you know, that, that to me is, is just everything. It's a, it's, it changes everything for us. And you, you can go ahead and do the video. I just want you guys to see them. Come out of hiding, you're safe here with me. There's no need to cover what I already see. You've got your reasons, but I hold your peace. You've been on lockdown and I hold the key Cause I loved you before You knew it was loud And I saw it all Still I chose the cross And you were the one That I was thinking of When I rose from the grave Now rid of the shackles My victory is yours I told them for you to come close There's no reason to stand at a distance anymore You're not far from home And I'll be your lighthouse when you're lost at sea And I will illuminate everything No need to be frightened by intimacy No, just throw off your fear and come running to me Oh, cause I loved you before You knew it was love And I saw it all Still I chose the cross And you were the one That I was thinking of when I Oh 
so, you know, for me, obviously you can see that this is my passion. This is what I was born to do. Um, it, it moves me. And I've seen that video 15 million times, <laughs> and it moves me every time. Um, also, I wanted to tell you guys, if anyone ever wants to come, we go every six months. You're all, you're all welcome, anytime. Uh, we bring supplies every six months. We fill all of our suitcases with diapers, food, um, toys. We, we go there and we hold them. We play games with them. We have a really fun time. You saw we, we take them to that. There's a hotel that has a, that, that big fancy white table and the swimming pool. So the thing about it is they live inside of Port-au-Prince, and they, have, they live in a house that has concrete walls up for safety purposes, and they never get to leave. They never get to leave that house, that, that those four concrete walls. So whenever we come, th immediately they start. They come up to us and they say, uh, when, when do we get to go to the palace? They speak Creole, so they're not saying that in English, but when can we go to the, to the palace? They, they, one time the translator heard them singing and dancing, and they were saying, um, tomorrow we get to go to the palace, like kings and queens, like royalty, go to the palace. And this is just a hotel. We just take them to a hotel. Um, we give, we have that table, we sit down and feed them this meal where they're getting served by the waiters and waitresses, and they just think it is the most amazing thing that's ever happened in their life, to go, just to go swimming and sit down and eat at a table like that. They don't even sit down and eat at tables at the orphanage. They just sit on the ground and eat, as you saw, which it's just, that's part of their culture, so, you know, it's not like I could come in there and be like, can you guys sit at tables? That would be, <laughs> that would be better. But for them to sit and dine like that, I mean, uh, from the moment we get off the plane and get to them, they start asking when we're going to go. And actually, in December, we took them to the, to the ocean. We took them to the beach. It was a little over an hour drive. And for some of them, that was their first, probably most of them, it was their first time going to the beach, to the ocean, and they live an hour away from it. So, um, you know, today, um, oh, and we're, we're going in June, June 10th, so... Um, be praying for us for that, but, you know, we, like I said, we go every six months, some of my team is here, they, we got, oh, we got these shirts right here, we're selling them in the back to, to raise money for the orphanage, yeah, stand up, if anybody after wants to buy some shirts, and some, Brooks is a tank top, um, feel free, go right on back there, we got an order for them, so today, I'm talking about passion, everybody say passion, um, those of you that know me, would you say I'm a passionate person? <laughs> I'm a passionate person. <laughs> I, w I remember one time my best friend growing up, she, I was talking about something, and she said, um, my God, you're, you're just so passionate about everything, <laughs> like everything you talk about. Um, and, I, and it hit me. I was like, what? What is she talking about? Um, and, and through the, course, uh, the, the years following her saying that, I kept thinking of that, and things would happen. I'd be like, yep, yep, she's right. I'm a passionate person. <laughs> I'm a very passionate person. Um, passion, I got this. Um, passion is when you put more energy into something than is required to do it. It is more than just enthusiasm or excitement. Passion is ambition that is materialized into action, to put as much heart, mind, body, and soul into something as humanly possible. Um, I just thought, woo, that's good. So every single one of you sitting in here has something that you're passionate about. Um, even just me saying that, it's, it comes into your mind, that thing. Um, every, everybody has something that's like burns in them like a fire inside that it's almost like if at some point you don't get to do it in some form or fashion, you're going to get frustrated if you're not doing that thing. Um, you know, I want to read, I want to read this right here. If you guys have your Bibles, you can go to it. Luke 4.18. Um, I'm reading to you out of the Passion Translation because I love it. It's awesome. All right, do you guys remember when Jesus was um, going, when he first started, his the way he first started his ministry when he went to the synagogue and he read the thing? He stood up and everybody's like, oh, scandalous. Well, I'm reading, I'm reading out of that. Um, Luke 4, I'll start it. 16, 17. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been raised, he went into the synagogue, as he always did on the Sabbath day. 
When Jesus came to the front to read the scriptures, they handed him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and read where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he has anointed me to be the hope for the poor, freedom for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, and to preach to prisoners. You are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. After he read this, he rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the minister, and sat down. Everyone stared at Jesus, wondering what he was about to say. And then he added, these scriptures came true in front of you today. Holy smokes! I don't know if you guys know, but that was the most scandalous thing he could have done. That's the day when it all started. He said, everything I just said, the time of, the, of God's great acceptance is here. I'm it. This is the time right now. Holy moly, when I was reading that. Um, you guys, now you take that, what he said, and you say it for you. Because you have been anointed to be the hope. You have been anointed to be free, freedom for the brokenhearted and new eyes for the blind and to preach to prisoners. You know, when we sing this reckless love, when we talk about this love that has wrecked us, that's the way I like to say it. This love of God wrecks us. I mean, that's what, I, you know, you're getting me so excited. Every time I look at you. Um, you know, we can't, we cannot even hold it in. There, there's a song that says, how can I stand here with you and not be moved? How can I stand here with, with this love enfolding me, with this grace that has told me that I'm fully accepted as I am, that I don't have to become anything else, that I don't have to try to be something that I'm not, that I can be who I am and I'm completely accepted. Man, you guys, when, when we feel that love, when we've been set free from our shame and our condemnation, from everything that's tried to hold us back, how could we possibly stand here and do nothing about that? How could we possibly stand here and not take this out to the broken world? To the poor kids that have nothing, that have no family, that have no food, that are dying of poverty. How could we stand here and not be moved? To the single moms, to the, you know, single pregnant moms, to the elderly that are lonely sitting in the, you know, nursing homes with no one to visit them. Every single one of you has something inside you that you're burning to do. And I want you to know something. There's, there's no scale. There's no scale to try to how do I say this? It, it doesn't matter if it's something that you think is simple or small. It, it doesn't have to be a 501c3 James Ministries. You know what? I'm going to tell you this. We, well, I'll start a little farther back. When I was a little kid, I had dreams all the time. I still do, actually. I was a dreamer. I had dreams of dark skin babies. And I was, listen, I was a little white girl in the farmlands of Illinois, <laughs> I, was, um, I, I grew up in Illinois, um, there, there, was, there was white people for as far as the eye can see, <laughs> there, until you got to Chicago, <laughs> which was three and a half hours that way. And I was dreaming of, I was dreaming of third world nations. It was poverty, and, and I had never seen anything like that yet, you guys. I hadn't seen it on TV. Nobody told me anything about Haiti or or any of these places, and I had dreams, and in the dreams, I can still remember them, in the dreams, I was their mom, I was taking care of them, like, even as a little kid, I was watching myself like a movie, taking care of little kids, and, you know, as I grew, my, my sister got to go on a mission trip, and, I, and again, I didn't know what a mission trip was, I grew up in a Christian home, so it's not as though, it's just people didn't really do that where I was from, there wasn't like missionaries that did stuff, or you know, um, anything like that. So I remember my sister got to go on a mission trip with some faraway church when she was like 16. So I was like seven or eight. And I was, I was like enraged with jealousy. Like I was like, why does she get to go on a mission trip? And I was just a little kid, you know? And, and it's honestly, probably my parents would have let me go. I mean, they weren't like strict or anything. It's just no, what missionary would take a seven-year-old on a mission trip like to these, you know, dangerous places? But I was like, man, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to go. So as soon as somebody would take me, which was when I turned 16, um, 
technically 15 was an in America mission trip, which was awesome. But 16, I got to travel um, overseas. And it, like when I got to go on that mission trip, it was like, <laughs> like blew wide open. I mean, I knew, I, I knew from the second I went on that mission trip that we touched down that plane, that that was what I was born to do. <laughs> And I didn't know what that looked like, okay? I didn't know if I was going to be living somewhere in another country or, um, you know, just going on trips with people. I didn't care. I didn't know anything. All I knew is I was going to go. <laughs> I was going to make a way, and I was going to go. Um, it, it burned in me like a fire to do that. And, you know, Ben had been, Ben started going to Haiti actually like 20 years ago. Just He goes with a pastor there, and he, he ministers with a church there that's right in Port-au-Prince. And one, you know, I went with him, and, the, and I had told him that I had a huge heart for adoption. And here, see, here's another thing. I knew I had a heart for adoption. But see, we, we, have, we have, like, part of it, but we don't see the whole thing. So what does adoption look like when you guys think of it? Well, probably like adopting a child, like paying for them, you know, coming to live in part of your family. Um, oddly enough, that's not what God, <laughs> that's not what God was saying. We, so me and Ben went to this orphanage because our pastor friend in Haiti, I, we said we wanted to adopt. And he said, well, I have an orphanage and I'm, I'm going to take you to, I'm friends with them. So we go and, uh, we meet the kids and, and as, so then, you know, we talk about it as we're flying home from that trip. Um, you know, we just looked at each other and it was like, you know, we, we knew something happened like a big something happened when we walked into the orphanage. Um, but we didn't know what. So we both, Ben's like, I just don't know. I don't know about just adopting. And I was like, I don't know about just adopting one. <laughs> like, <laughs> how are you supposed to pick? How do you walk in a place where everyone you see, the babies and kids and toddlers, are running to you to hold them? And they won't let you go. Because they want you to hold them the whole time that you're there. And they want you to play with them. And they want you to love on them and talk to them and pay attention to them. How do you, how do you pick from that? So throughout that year, we kept talking about it. And at one point, we both just looked at each other and was like, we're just going to have to adopt the whole thing. We're just going to have to. Do. And I don't know, you guys don't, probably don't know me and Ben, but we're a little bit on the crazy side. If you haven't noticed. Um, <laughs> what did you say? Just a little bit, just a little bit. I, I, I've told Lawrence and April before, I don't understand how they're such good friends with us because we are pretty much lunatics, but, <laughs> but, they, but they, deal, they deal with us. Um, you know, in that moment, it was, and you know you have these like God moments where we just looked at each other and we were like, we're going to have to adopt the whole thing. So, hey, we, how do you start something? Just get up and put one foot in front of the other and start moving. So we, so we talked to Marianne. Well, a, a, a year or so later, Marianne's hut, so the leaders, the heads of the orphanage, the people that take care of the kids were named Raphael and Marianne. You saw Marianne in the pictures. Well, M Raphael tragically died of cancer that he didn't know he had like two years in. And we went, to the, we went and visited her, and of course she's devastated. This orphanage is her whole heart to take care of these kids. She was raised in, in Haiti, very poor, no, not enough food, no money, nothing. And so it was just her heart to take care of these kids after the huge earthquake happened in 2010. You guys remember that? When that earthquake happened, there was just kids everywhere. There was buildings crushed on top of everybody. There was kids in the hospital with no parents, no family. They just brought them to the hospital. There was kids in the street. She just gathered up everyone she could, started renting this house, and took the kids into it and started taking care of them. That's what kind of person she is. Um, this is her passion, too. So we went to her after her husband, Raphael, died, and we just, she's just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And we said, the Lord is with you, and he's got you, and he's going to take care of this orphanage. Don't worry about it. Don't quit. And she said, okay. Um, you know, and, and from that moment, that's kind of how it began. We started sending monthly support. We started taking trips. Teams, pe people come find us. Uh, teenagers, adults, they come find us, and they're like, I want to go to Haiti on a mission trip. I heard you guys are taking people. Yep. Sign, sign yourself up. <laughs> you know, we, we're, not <laughs> we're not formal. <laughs> we're not, I don't need some, you know, extensive background check and blah, 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 blah. 
If you have, if it was enough in you to come find me, to come hunt me down, to go to Haiti and pay for your trip to go to Haiti, come on, you know. If you want to come and do what I do and love on these kids with me, and that's in your heart to do, come on. Um, you know, Brooke was telling me, uh, Chris, you guys know who Chris Volatin is? Um, where is that? I just lost it. Here it is. Brooke was telling me she, she loves when Chris Volatin says, if you want to have your own ministry one day, sow into someone else's ministry until yours comes. So, you know, what, what is the first step? Well, for me, it was to go on a mission trip. Just go. Just go do something, okay? Um, and, it, and, and the ministry just developed from there because God knew what he was doing, okay? He knows what he's doing. He's got you. He's got me. He's taking care of it. Um, you know, this, I, ta- I was talking to, after this December trip that we just went on to Haiti, I was talking to Lawrence, and I just felt like so much unrest, and, and I, I wasn't in peace. I had a lot going on. Um, I felt overwhelmed. I felt like, and that's another thing. I mean, you're going to do a ministry, that, that thing that you have that fire for, that passion for, that thing that burns in you, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's going to be, um, you know, a cakewalk for you <laughs> to, to do that thing. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it gets really hard. And sometimes there's not enough money. And sometimes I, you know, I, I, may, I told her no matter what, I would send her money every month to, to pay for them to have enough food and water and to pay their expenses. And sometimes there's not enough. Enough didn't come in. Um, and, you know, what's our, our, our humanity is like, oh, God, what, do I, what am I going to do? You know, I got it. You know, and we feel that weight on us, you know. And then, so what should you do? Well, you need to take it to the Lord, and you need to get that weight off <laughs> because that's what he does. He says, I got it. I'll take care of it. I got you. I got this. I'm the one that put it in you. I'm the one that put it in you to do that. I love them more than you do. do you guys, you know, the brokenhearted, the hurting, the desperate, um, did you know that God loves them more than you do? <laughs> I mean, that's good news. Did you know that he'll take care of them better than we can? He just needs someone to go do it. Just get up and go do it. And, you know, it's not April and Lawrence's job to do it. It's their job to do what they're doing. You know, it's not their job to start, you know, James Ministries Orphanage, you know, 501c3. That's not them. But, but hallelujah, I can go to them, bounce stuff off of them. You know, Lawrence is an apostle, so I can take stuff to him and I can say, what about this, this, this and this? And he's really good at directing people in their gifting, in that calling. He's really good at seeing that kind of stuff, wouldn't you say? That's accurate, right? Why are you guys giving me blank stares like that? <laughs> you know, so I'm not saying, you know, to just fly solo. We, we are the body of Christ. We're one unit designed to affect the world. That's what we were made for. So how can I, that, this is what I'm saying. Lawrence's gift in my eyes is that he's really good at helping us recognize our own gifts and pointing us in the right direction. But that does not mean it's his job as a pastor to do all of the ministries. That's your job. (laughs) That's your job to do that thing that burns inside you. That's what God put it there for. I mean, who do you think put it there? You think the devil's bothering you to go do that that thing? (laughs) No, that's the Holy Spirit inside you. That's your spirit inside you that he put in you. He created that thing in you. That's what I'm telling you. I've been having dreams since I was a little kid. Not by accident, because God was preparing me for that thing. You know, and I'm not even done yet. I don't even know where this is going to go from here, you know. Um, this is Brooke. Brooke, raise your hand. <laughs> Brooke, so as, back to my story. So I was struggling after this trip. Um, I, I just really had a lot going on, and sometimes it just gets really hard. But also, as Lawrence told me, there's a shift coming. That's what he told me, and I, I hadn't recognized that. Well, Brooke, meanwhile... Over probably the last couple years, has been saying, and I didn't catch it, but she'd be like, "Man, I just really want to do ministry. I, I have this heart for orphanages, for kids. Um, I'm really good with administrative. I want to have a ministry. I want to run a ministry." And I'd, I would be like, "Yes, right on. That's so great. That's so great." But I, but it, I never even hit me to think, "My God, He's sending me help. He's sending me somebody." I just kept being like, "Oh, that's so great," and she'd kind of be like. 
okay. Uh, and then, so then this, so that's been happening for like a year. I don't even know how many times she said something, like four or five times. So this, so this, um, right after Easter, I was talking, she was just at her house, and I was talking to Ben in the kitchen, and I was talking about the struggle, and I wanted to quit, even though I love the kids, because sometimes we want to quit, because we're human, and we're flesh, blah, 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 things get hard, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> so Brooke's like, uh, you know, <laughs> I really want to run a ministry, <laughs> something like that. I, I would really like to come alongside, and, and Ben was like, Liz, and, and I still didn't catch it, Ben was like, Liz, He's apostolic, too. He, he sees things. And I'm like, what, Ben? And he's like, Brooke. Have Brooke. And I was like, what? And I was like, Brooke, do, do you want to help do this ministry? And I was like, I thought you meant like someday down the road you were going to start something. And she's like, no, no. Yes, yes. I want to help yours. And I was like, what? I mean, it was like this God moment went off. And I was like, yes, she has she has, sorry, this echo in here is like, I'm loving it. It's pretty great. It's pretty loud. Um, she has all of these administrative giftings of organization. She has this passion. She's already come on a couple trips, her and John. Um, she has a passion for the, she wants to have many, she wants to grow it. She like has all these plans, all these ideas. Um, the, since that minute she has come on, it's, it's been like a new Thing, a whole new ministry, a whole new thing. You know, here's what I want to say to you. Her, her coming on has changed me. It has, it has changed the ministry. It has been exactly what was needed. Um, you might be somebody's brook, and somebody might be waiting for you. I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I was really struggling. I was really struggling, and when she came, it was everything that I needed, and, and I was like, God, you knew. You knew that's what I needed. I didn't even know to ask for some of that stuff. You might be someone's brook, and somebody might be waiting for you. They might be struggling, crying, wanting to quit, because you don't have to be, you know, there's not, there's not rules to this thing. You don't, you don't all have to be a pastor, a preacher. You know, I asked Lainey walking in here, I said, Lainey, what's your passion and without even missing a beat, which is what I wanted, I wanted the first thing to fly out of her mouth. She said prayer. Okay, Lainey's passion is prayer. Do you think that's for her? Do you think that's for her and her family? Or do you think that's for the world? Do you think that's for people here? Or do you think it's for people out there? Well, it's for both. <laughs> you know, she should, knowing her gift, and, and I'm going to tell you something. Every time Lainey prays for somebody for healing or anything, they get healed as far as I know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the girl's healed like major, major things. Because she has this faith that's like unwavering. Like God said it, it's going to happen. My baby was sick yesterday, and I almost called Lainey. Like in my head, I was like, I need to call Lainey to pray over her, to pray over my two-year-old. I really had that thought. You know, that's, there's no, there's no scale here. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it doesn't, you, you don't have to, you don't have to have, you don't have to be the head of the leadership or the worship leader. You know, John, John told me it's his passion to worship. He has a guitar, he's a good singer, he leads worship. You know, get up and do it. Don't, what do you, you know, what are you waiting for to tell you, for somebody to invite you up to speak or to, to invite you up to do something? Do it in whatever capacity you can do. If you have a heart for, el I heard somebody talking, they have a heart for elderly, and I you know, go, go play cards with them once a week, you know? Go, who, who are you trying to impress? <laughs> What are you waiting for? Do you, you think, you know, Ben, um, oh, I was going to say, I forget which thing <laughs> I had in my head earlier. Um, there's, there's a few different things. Uh, here's what I love about Ben. Many, many things, <laughs> many things. Um, you know, he, he does not wait for someone for this. This is what I love about Ben. He doesn't wait for this, like, boom down of, oh, this is what you're supposed to be doing. God said to do this. Um, or a pastor to come to him and be like, Ben, would you please, I have called you. I need, no, Ben just gets up and goes. If he's at a, if he's at a um, restaurant and there's a waitress come over, or he, he, there'll be a waitress, I've seen him do this many times. He'll, he'll give 100 bucks right then on the spot, and he'll speak a word over her or him. And, and every single time he does it, he's just got this thing. He's just got this passion, this heart. Um, 
every single time he does it, they start bawling. And he'll, he'll be like, the Lord told me to tell you that he, that he loves you, that he's going to take care of you, that you're going to make it. He, he'll, he'll say something like that, and, and they just start bawling. And, one mom, and, and then they start telling him all this stuff. <laughs> this one mom says, um, I didn't, I, my son, it's his, it's his birthday, and I didn't, I didn't know how I was going to have him any birthday presents or anything because I have no money. And he, she, t- she held out the $100. I'm going to give my son a, a birthday party. I'm going to buy my son a birthday present. You know, he, wait, he doesn't wait for this, like, I feel the Lord telling me or anything like that. He just sees it, and he just does it. And, and that's, you know, that's what I'm trying to say to you. What exactly are you waiting for? And, and you know, maybe not, maybe you're not waiting. Maybe you just don't know how to step out. And for that, I'd say, join, you know, join into somebody else that's already doing it, maybe. That's what Brooke was saying. That's what she was trying to do. <laughs> she was trying to hook in with somebody that, until I finally realized it, that was already doing the exact thing that she wants to do. So there's plenty of ministries that are already doing things that you can join in and just do that. Um, but, if, but if you want it to just be you, to just be you simply, you know, if, if Lainey was an adult, I would tell her to just go out and start saying to people, can I pray for you? Going into hospitals, going to whatever that looks like to her in her heart, to do, just go do it. Don't wait for this, you know, huge thing that I think we've just made, we've made, this, we've made church this big, like, um, I don't know what's the right word, I, I guess religion, Th- that spirit of religion that, sa- that says law and rules and, you know, um, th- this thing has to be a certain way. You know, what I read, when I just read this that Jesus said, all I can hear is freedom in this. <laughs> I mean, all I can hear is freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's upon you. That's what that means. And he has anointed me to be the hope for the poor. He's anointed you to be the hope for the poor. Freedom for the brokenhearted. Your freedom. You've got freedom inside you for the brokenhearted. This message that we carry, this, this gospel that has changed us, that has radically changed our life, that have revolutionized our families, our marriages, that thing inside of us is exactly the hope for them out there. It's the hope for you in here, amen? It's the hope for them. Somebody might need it in here today. It's the hope for them out there. Hallelujah. New eyes for the blind. We carry new eyes for the blind. Do you believe that? Preaching to prisoners, you are set free. And I have come to share this message of Jubilee, for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. I cannot get enough of that. This is who we are as believers. You know, and, and it's funny because you, if, you, if you're having trouble recognizing that thing, just listen, just pay attention to when a fire gets lit inside you. I'm going to give you another example. April and Lawrence, okay, so I, I, it's funny, I have four kids. I, have, I live in Lake Park, Georgia. Um, I'm, I'm pretty busy all the time. I'm busy with the ministry. I'm busy with my family. Well, then I'm up here in April and Lawrence are talking about this. Where's um, Inez and them? Are they not here? Um, they, she was talking about that outreach ministry that you guys have started here at this church, right? There's an outreach group, something like that. April started talking about it. Everything in my inside started lighting up, light up, light up, light up. I mean, I was like, yes, yes. She's talking about, like, going out and doing stuff for the homeless, getting out, that, that outreach, that thing. You know, you can tell that that's my thing. You can tell that that's what's, you know, for, for me inside. I mean, I don't even go here. I don't even live in Tifton. I live far away. And I was like, Ben, can we, can we come and do that group too? <laughs> like, I was like, can we come? I mean, I don't, like, I just want to do it. I just want to go. I, I'm just, you know, I want to encourage you. You have that thing in you because, and and here's another thing. The gifts that the Bible is very clear that God has given the body of Christ, very, very clear, tons of talking about gifts. Those, (laughs) you like my, I'm such a Bible teacher. (laughs) Tons of talking about gifts in there. You know, (laughs) um, he (laughs) he put those gifts inside of you to carry out that thing, to carry out that passion. He, he gave you the tools to do it. He gave you what you needed. I'm going to tell you what, and you, don't, you might not think this is a gift, but it is. I, so I, start, I went to an orphanage in Romania when I was in college because, like I said, I was never going to sit still. 
I have to go. I'm going to go to wherever, whoever's going to take me. So I signed up with this lady in, like, uh, the other side of America, and she's like, I got this orphanage camp that I do in Romania, so I fly to Europe by myself, summer of my freshman year in college, and (laughs) I told you I was a little crazy. I mean, I was 18 years old. I, don't, I know 18 years old nowadays that are like, their par- they're like, I need to go ask my parents permission. I was like, okay. I just got on, <laughs> I just got on a plane <laughs> and went. But my parents were all about it, so I'm not saying that I was rebellious or anything. Um, <laughs> so I go to this orphanage, and I'm serving, I'm helping. Um, I, I have, there's other team members there. Well, these orphans were like Lainey and Hannah's age, some of them. And so what I'm saying is they weren't babies and toddlers. They were like, you know, older kids, and they still needed diapers and stuff at night. And so they, 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 had, they had issues because when you're locked away in an orphanage and probably also abused in the Romanian ones, um, that, that really, really messes a kid up in a big, big way. So I, I, I had to deal with some pretty nasty stuff. And I, I was just this 18-year-old kid and I'd go in the next, we had to go in there morning, every morning and change their diapers and clean up because there was, they, it didn't stay in the diaper. There was stuff everywhere, all over the tents. They were in, we had a, the camps, they had tents. Um, and I just, I just did it. I cleaned it up like it was nothing. Um, and I loved, I loved every minute of being there and everything that we did. And the other team members were like gagging and throwing up. <laughs> and, and I remember the leader of that, that orphanage camp came to me and she was like, you're the first one I've ever seen to not be grossed out by any of this stuff. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I grew up in a family of seven kids. My mom was in a wheelchair. You, you can't even believe what it would take to gross me out. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I've been, I, can, I can handle some stuff. Well, that's a gift inside me. I can go to third world countries. <laughs> I can sweat. I can take care of the nasty stuff. I can, um, I, I don't need, I don't need AC. I don't need a soft bed. I, I mean, we sleep on the roof sometimes when we go just because we're kind of crazy. <laughs> And, we, and it's hot. It's real, real hot when you don't have AC. You want to be outside. You know, that's not for everybody. You know, my pastor, Pastor Dale Young, he's like, nope. <laughs> not getting on a plane. Not, I mean, that is just not him. But, buddy, you get up and he starts teaching the word. And, and you, whoo, you be headbutting, running, crying. <laughs> I mean, he teaches the word like nobody I've ever heard. So, you know, your gifts might be you might not even know that that really is a gift inside you. Because that, growing up and stuff, I didn't know that that was a gift. I didn't know that that made me different or special or, you know, for, for what I was going to do. Um, and also, another thing is, you might, you might have gifts that, that you don't necessarily, that's not necessarily your passion. Does that make sense? You can have things that you're good at. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the thing that lights you up, okay? And the reason for that is God put tons of gifts inside you. He's equipped you for lots of situations, all right? Um, so it's, it's actually, to me, the gifts and the tools that God gave you for it to be, to live in this world and to be who you're going to be, to be who you are in Christ, is a little bit separate than what I'm talking about, this, this passion thing, this fire, this thing that you've got to do. You've just got to do. That, that's the best way I can explain it. Like, you just cannot sit down. You've got to find a way to do it. And, and, you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry that I'm not naming enough of them, but I'm, I just know, I knew that God already told me yesterday, as I was talking, you guys are already thinking about it in your mind. Like, you already have that thing. You already have that thing that's in you. Um, and I'm going to quote one of my other favorites. His name is uh, Walt Disney. <laughs> and I definitely got this right out of Disney World. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing that's, that's, how to get, that's how to get started. I mean, I think, I think sometimes in the church, uh, we, in the church organization I'm talking about, we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. We think and think and plan and plan and hope and hope and wish and wish. We wish someone else would start it. We wish someone else would do it. But it's really in us to do. And if, and if you want to start simple, just get up and put one, put one foot in, in front of the other. Just take a step. Just go find somebody that's even halfway doing the thing you want to do. Or go do it by yourself if you want to. You don't have to wait for anybody. You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you um, any of these big fluff, blah, 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 special things, okay? God has made you. He's equipped you. You're the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Did you hear what I said, the full acceptance? You're fully accepted into this thing. You are the body, 
we're, we're all one and we're all together in this moving as our individual parts, moving where, where, we know, where it's natural for us to go. That's another thing I was going to say, that this thing, this passion, this fire, the thing that lights you up, it's, an, it's so natural. It just absolutely comes natural to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to try. It is everything that is inside you. It just makes up every fiber of your being because that's the way God created you to be. Um, hallelujah. Can I get an amen? Um, I want to read this last thing. Should have marked it. It's Ephesians. Ephesians. Galatians, Ephesians. Okay. It's fun when you got to look it up. Ephesians 3.20. Hallelujah. Lawrence already knows it. What is it, Lawrence? Paul's prayer of love. Uh, but I'm actually going to the end of it, to 20, to 320. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. I said all this. I said never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Hallelujah. Does that stir you up or what? Does that stir you up? Listen, guys, you, you have, God stands with you in every, in every time, every time that you, you're stepping out in that faith, that you're just going to get up and go do it. He's standing with you. You know, David, I thought about David. David, the story of David and Goliath is my all-time favorite. That's my, that's my favorite story. David stood up when everybody else was sitting down. When everybody else was scared. Now, do you think that David wasn't scared? That joker was a kid. He was a kid. And he stood up and he said, I can't just do nothing. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm good. I know that I'm scared. I know that I'm afraid, but I'm, I cannot just sit here and not move. That's the only thing that set him apart, you guys. <laughs> Do you think there's, there was nobody else there that loved God? Do you think that there was nobody else there that, you know, had faith, was in the church, blah, blah, blah? The only difference is he said, I'm not going to let fear rule me. I'm going to get up. There's a problem. It needs to be taken care of, and I'm going to get up and do something about it. I'm not going to sit here and let this happen. Um, you know, and Ben was saying, I was talking to him about this, he said, another thing David did is he stirred himself up. Do you guys know how to stir yourself up? David started talking about the victories that he had watched God do. Have you ever done that before? God, I remember when I defeated that bear. God, I remember when I took down that lion. If you could do all those things, then you could do this. God, I've watched you when you do this. God, you took care of me this time. You didn't let me die. You've never let me down. You're with me all the time. There's no way I can fail. I cannot fail this thing. Hallelujah. You know, I, can, <laughs> I would get stirred up all by myself. I, would, I, don't need no, I don't need anybody. But I do have somebody over here that was getting stirred up in worship, and I was like, my people. So whoever you are, you, you feel me, right? I, can I just read that one more time again? Please, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. Can you guys say never doubt God's ability to work in me? And what I mean when I say that, I think some people have preached that it means like to work inside you, which that's fine, whatever. But I'm saying it as to work through you. Never doubt his ability to work through you. You are absolutely good enough. And don't you ever let anybody make you feel like you're not. You could be a little kid sitting back there. You could be um, young, old, in the middle, a mom, um, struggling, doubtful, don't feel like you have the greatest faith, haven't been in church a long time. I absolutely do not care what your circumstances is. That means nothing. You're inside of Christ. There's nothing you can do to get yourself taken out. And, and he's with you. What, that's all you need. God is for me, then who could be against me? Amen? God, I couldn't even get past the first line. 
Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream. Listen, God has put us in the world. We are the dreamers of this world. Do you know that? Do you believe that? We as Christians, as believers, as um, the righteousness in Christ Jesus, we are the dreamers of this world. Whoo! You guys have been having dreams, haven't you? You've been feeling stuff inside yourself, and you, I'm telling you right now today, God said, what in the world are you waiting on? You go do it. Don't ask Lawrence. Lawrence will pat you on the back, help you out. <laughs> um, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, I said. You know, I said, I'm happy with my one little orphanage. If I could just, if I could just get enough to send them monthly, like if I could start getting up to like 1000 or $2,000 to be able to send them monthly, boy, I'd be through the roof. I'd be through the roof. Taking them supplies, hugging on them. There's like 15 kids. Sometimes we get up to 20. That's enough for me. I'm a simple gal. I'm a simple gal. Brooke comes in and is like, um, I'd like to have actually more orphanages. She starts like saying all this stuff, and I was like, what? But listen, I was like, wait a minute. Brooke's like got all these big, huge dreams because she reads the Bible. He will outdo them all. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Whenever you need it, you come here. And you start declaring the things that you've seen God do in your life. And his power rises up inside of you and gives you that energy you need. He's, he's inside of you saying, do not quit. Do not quit. I'm for you. They can never be against you. When I'm with you, they can never stand against you. I'm all that you need. I will never quit. I love them more than you do. I mean, sometimes I just have to get alone because, like I said, I have four kids and they never leave me alone. Sometimes I just go in the bathroom. Lainey found me in the bathroom this morning. and She's like, why are you in the bathroom with the door shut? And I was like, this is just where I go when I need to be alone. She's like, oh, we have a place. <laughs> she takes me to the place. You know, I go and I, I'm at home, and I'm feeling all these discouragement, and I go in the bathroom, and I shut the door, and I just start declaring all these things. I, I go through every scripture like a scroll through my head, and I just start saying them all out loud. And I stir myself up in that thing because absolutely opposition is going to come against you. Absolutely. I mean, it just is. Things are going to get tough. Things are going to get hard. So you, so you go to people. I mean, the Bible talks about godly counsel, godly wisdom, using the gifts, the other gifts of this body. Listen, who has a gift in here of encouragement? You just like, I mean, actually I should ask other people because you know when you're around that person that you just feel built up in like a million bucks when you walk away. You guys know, you're thinking of somebody, aren't you? There's always somebody like that in every church, somebody that's just like, man, I just got to go spend like a little bit of time with them. And you just feel like that encouragement build up. You've got to use your other gifts in the body too, you know. Um, draw, draw out of that. Draw out of their giftings too. Even if they don't know that's what you're doing, you know. I have this lady, she gives really good hugs, and sometimes I'll just go and just stand there for a while. Just like, just like let's just stand here for a little bit. I just need a hug. <laughs> and she does, and, I'll, and she'll be like, love you, and I'll walk away. Like I, didn't, I don't even say anything. I don't even say why, why that was for. You know, draw, draw from these gifts. Um, did you want to, you didn't want to say nothing? Hallelujah. What time is it? <laughs> okay. Oh, perfect. That's perfect timing. Look at me. Um, so let's just, let's just pray. Does anybody... Does anybody want, I don't know how you guys do it. Do you want to come up here and pray about that, the thing? That, do you just want to stand up where you are? I mean, I, I hate to say stand up if you have that passion inside of you because, duh, it's every single one of you. Like, Addie is probably back there like, I know what my thing is. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know you have it in you. I mean, the, it, it's, it's built into you. It's not, you know, it, it's already inside of you. So everybody just stand up. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, God, that you put that fire inside us, that you light us up, Father God, for the things that you love. The things that you love, God, we love. The people that you love, we love, because we are your children and you are our Father. I thank you, Father God, that you've called us. You've called us to love people. You've called us to go get out there and tell this great news of ultimate acceptance. Father, we thank you that you put this inside us, that you put this passion inside us, and that we cannot even sit still. We cannot. We just have to go.
Father, I thank you that everybody standing in here today, everybody, kids, adults, I just thank you, God, that you're stirring up that thing inside of them, that you're showing them ways to get started, that you're showing them the first step to take. Hallelujah. Father God, I just thank you that it's coming into their spirit right now, that they know what they want, they've got to do, and they've just got to do it. Hallelujah. God, I just thank you that you would just keep stirring that thing up and that you will not let them forget it. God, I thank you for the gifts and the tools that you've given us so that, to carry out that thing. Father, so that, we, that, it, that it comes natural to us, that we don't have to feel weird or awkward. We just do what comes natural because of who we are in you. Father, I thank you that everyone in here would know who they are in you. God would feel confident that their confidence would come from you, Lord Jesus. Just knowing who you are inside them and that you stand with them. Like God stood with David fighting Goliath. I thank you, Father, that they would feel that kind of power behind them. Father, I just thank you that they would feel that kind of power inside them and around them and standing with them when they go to do these things. God, I I pray against the plans of the enemy because we know they come. And I just say for that to stop and get off right now. In Jesus' name, you cannot touch what God has done inside these people. You cannot touch it. This is who they are, and they know who they are. This is who God has created you to be. Hallelujah. And God, I thank you as they begin to stir themselves up that you will bring to their remembrance everything that you've done in their life, every time you've spoke to them, every dream you've given them, every time that they've conquered with you at their side. I thank you, God, that they would begin to remember those things and it would give them confidence in you, God, and that they would totally trust and rely on you and that they know that nothing can stop them because this is who we are. This is who we are. We're the body of Christ. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's your, what I want you to do. On your way home sometime today, you need to tell somebody. You need to speak it out loud. Don't you sit having all this stuff inside you and not ever say it out loud. You got me? I want you to tell your spouse, your kids, your parents, somebody. Get it out of your mouth, that thing, that passion. It's never too late. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Woo! Hallelujah. Can you tell she's passionate? Well, like Liz and Ben said, James Ministries has a table Um, beside the Coke machine there on the back at the round table. Brooke is going to be at the table. They have order forms for the t-shirts because these are brand new t-shirts that they just came up with just a couple of weeks ago. So they just have like the sample colors out today, but they're doing an order form. The tank top is $15. The kid t-shirt is $15. And the adult t-shirt is $20. The proceeds are going to be going with them to either send a college member or a youth group with them in June on their missions trip, or it is going to be for supplies to take care of the children for their food. Okay, and Brooke also has a list back there of supplies that that we, One Love City Church, are going to start collecting for them. But if you'll just look over the list, you can start bringing your supplies either to your One Life group that you meet with during the week, or you can bring them here to me. We'll start on Sunday. We're going to go ahead and we're going to collect the whole entire month of May. Every Every One Life group that meets, I want you to take up an offering and every Sunday morning, we're going to take up um, the, the, the items that they have on the, on the um, list for them to get prepared and ready for June 6th. Well, I know that you are stirred. That was so awesome. So much for us to just take in, part, just download, just like she said, just let it get, you know, just stir you up. Um, I'm going to ask that if there is anything in your heart that you want to financially sow into this ministry, we want to bless them on this trip. We want to be a blessing to this to this mission trip, to this to this ministry, to the orphanage. So you can get one of the envelopes that is in the seat, and you can just write Haiti on it, 
and we will know that that is going to go to Haiti. But we also want to ask, Mr. Don, can you come forward so that we can take up the tithes and offerings this morning? Mr. Timmy, would you be so kind to come and bless our offering and our tithes and giving thanksgiving to the Lord for us this morning? Father, we thank you again for this beautiful day that you've made for us. We thank you for all your love, your mercy, your glory, and your grace. We thank you, Father, for, for this people. We thank you for this message this morning, Lord. We just thank you, Father, that it has touched our hearts. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. We thank you now for this time that we can give back to you, Lord. We can bring our tithe back to you, to the storehouse. Lord, and we just pray that you bless it, that you use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. We give you praise and glory for it. We thank you in Jesus' name. just do we thank you that you qualify us as we go you qualify us we thank you for it in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. why don't you come up here and love on them and tell them thank you you're dismissed